When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. A guy literally just threw pickle dogs at me, and I caught them. Alex Boone is with me here on Purple Daily. Did you see those hands? That was phenomenal. Like, what, what a great day. So people just throwing food at you. Did you notice that I caught with my hands and not my body? I, I loved it. It's perfect for him. So this is actually a great transition, someone throwing pickle dogs at me, um, because I was talking with you off the air, and I want to bring this to the air, okay. about what regular people could get away with on a football field and convince fans in the stands that they were actually football players. Okay. And I've got a few things that I think that I could do out there and have no one know that I was not an NFL player. So you're saying that you put on the full gear. I put on the full gear, yeah. And yep. everyone just yep. goes, oh, that's Tom. Tom Brady. Nobody yeah, knows I get a vi- right. I'm, okay. I'm okay. in the fourth preseason game, all right? <laughs> so no one knows me anyway. Okay. I got a visor on. <laughs> I got it right. So harsh. I got, I got a name. Okay. I got a number. Oh yeah. And I'm out there. Okay. I can't. I've never played organized football past junior high. I was a guard, by the way, so I know all about. I don't know if I believe that, but okay. No, I was. Yeah, I was just chubby as a kid. So uh, then after that, I decided that they didn't play enough games in football. Okay. Like we practiced all the time and never played games. I agree with that. I'm playing baseball. Yeah. So anyway. So I go out there. I've got my uh, Vikings helmet on. I've got my pads and He's everything. Official. Yep. I got my neck roll, and uh, I, I'll give you a few things that I think a regular person could get away with and fool people. Okay. Number one is catch a punt. No. No. Not chance. a chance. No chance. I think people don't understand how hard it is to catch a punt. And nowadays, these these kickers they kick it, and it has like this weird drop. I know Andy mm. Lee used to be practicing this punt. And he would tell me that it, the last five yards of it, it would drop to the left. And I was like, how do you do that? And he was like, I can't tell you. I was like, you're right. I'm going to go tell all the punters in the league this is how you do it. But, no, it's it's incredibly hard. Oh, okay. All right. Especially if it's windy. Oh, then my. there's no shot. See, are you indoors now or are you well, outdoors? Um, are we... Let's just assume that we're doing it tonight. It's in Buffalo. Swirling okay. winds, I probably Swirling don't winds, have much no. of a chance. No, no, no. Uh, in, indoors, you think maybe? Yeah. If, I think indoors it changes the game. Oh, okay. If I if I practiced in warm-ups a little bit, and I used to play outfield for from occasion, so I could catch fly balls. Yeah, it's like catching a fly ball. Maybe I could track it go. a little bit. Yeah, outdoors now. But I'll say this, though. I it, Let's say that it's a punt where I'm not supposed to catch it. I could definitely 
flag for fair catch, and no one would know that I was an NFL player. But would you drop it knowing that all those guys were running at you? Like, that's my biggest yeah. question. Yeah. You know, you, it's easy to be like, hey, nobody's out there. I'm going to catch it. Okay, now you got two gunners coming down, and you look down, and you see both of them running at you. Are you like, you know what? I can let this go. Yeah, you're right. Uh, because, like, even, even with the other day, uh, I said something, and you sort of disagreed with me, and I got, like, really scared. <laughs> so if I had a... And I'm not even fast. No, no, you're not. Yeah, I think with your knees, I could probably get away. Oh, my um, God. And my great rec league experience of basketball. That's but, okay, so let's let's say I couldn't catch a punt, not yeah. in an actual game. Maybe if you and I were just screwing around out I there. I think you could, yeah. Punter, if we're just messing around, yeah, you could Real get game, probably not. No. Could I throw a swing pass? Yes. Could I? I could. You think I could take a snap out of the shotgun and fling it to Delvin Cook, and no one would know it was me? Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, I think I so think too. you'd get away with that. People would be like, "Wow, that was great! Great accuracy! Oh, look at the accuracy! Got the High PFF grade on the play! Great accuracy!" Because <laughs> Collinsworth's talking about you, he's highlighting things. Look at the high elbow here. <laughs> that guy's annoying. Uh, uh, okay, so what? What else? What? What else can I do? I definitely can't kick a field goal. No chance. I couldn't get it high enough, even if I knew the right technique. So here's one. You said this, and I started thinking right away, like, what could the average person do? I bet you the average person could be a wing on a field goal. And that's a dangerous oh, position. Okay. Like, because you're the guy that has to hit one, and then you got to hit two. But I think that I think people here so, could do it. Well, why, why can I do that? Well, because I, it's, I mean, it's... Hitting people, I think, is out. No, 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 no. <laughs> because what they do is normally it's like a tight end or a fullback that oh, does okay. it. You just got to hit one and then hit two. It's really simple. And guys still screw it up, but I think you guys could do it. I don't think hitting another person. Well, I mean, would you're work only hitting me. a DB. I mean, it's like some of these kids are bigger than DBs in the league. Are you kidding me? Have you seen these guys? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, could I do holder? Could I catch it and put it down? Or is that harder Man, than you think? I don't know. I don't even know if I'd want to do that. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Nerve wracking. Right? Yeah. Game's on the line. You got to make this. You're looking up like guys. My my palms get sweaty in nervous situations. The guys are like, don't. Knees weak. Yeah. Arms are heavy. Vomiting and sweat already. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, or and I don't want to rap on the radio or at the fair. No, either. ever. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll continue to think of those. Give us some don't tweets yourself, from, from ideas, uh, <laughs> if if you want to know. Because I always like this. I, I was thinking about this in the perspective of all of sports. Okay. And the thing that you just would never even want to try. Boxing would be one. For sure. Would never want to set foot no in the chance. boxing ring. The other one, a bunch of dudes on Twitter thought that they could return a Serena Williams serve. No. No, you can't. No chance. No way. I wouldn't even mess with that. 120 miles an hour, you it would go right by you every single time. What if it hits you? Then it's going mean, to hurt a lot. There's a good possibility that's going to hit you. I, I love that you're an NFL offensive lineman. You're like, I don't want to get hit with that. <laughs> a tiny object coming at 120 miles an hour? No, no I'm good. No. Baseball? I no, I'm good. That. That, I mean, that's another thing. Could couldn't make contact. No, not Nine, at all. 97. No. I love how people are out here like, you know what, I could hit. Dude, stop. No, you could no, you not. couldn't. No, you couldn't. All right, let's uh, get into some other football things and uh, tweet me at Matthew Collar. Are you on Twitter? No. Why not? I'll be the last person to get on Twitter. Okay, all right. Well, people can tweet me or at Score North, and uh, Manny can check that one out. If you have other things you want to know if you could actually do on the football field it, as a regular person. Uh, I Here's want... a question, though, real quick before okay. we change that. Do you think you could be an OC for a quarter and make it look Normal, like 100%, people, yes. people not be like, is there a twelve-year-old calling plays here? Not only could I be an OC for a quarter, this is this is, but I could definitely manage a game oh. from the timeouts and from the you know the the actual like throw the red flag. Do you think you could throw the red flag? Yes. And be you, how I, many would you okay. win? So all I, of them? Well, the challenges are a little harder because you got to rely on somebody else looking at the actual right. uh, play it's not on the, you. the TV broadcast. But the timeouts. 
I think I could manage timeouts better than 90% of the NFL just from my experience playing Madden. Wow. Because it's the same thing. It's a, it, there's no difference. This is like shooting a free throw, right? Like there's no difference between me and Shaq shooting a free throw, and I'm better at it than he is. I'm not anything else. But time, timeouts, I know how to manage the timeouts just based on the clock, where the ball is, the situation, the time left. I think I could do it better. So you want to be the guy in the booth that's like, hey, call a timeout here. Yes, yes. Microphone I I off. I could be that guy. Yep. Okay. They could pay me 100000 a year to just be like, timeout. Hey, you guys look. Not perfect time, guys. I bet perfect you time. win one game a year because you don't botch the timeouts. How bad are coaches at this stuff? Now, Every the, coach is bad at calling timeouts at the right time. I agree. And then when they need them, they're never there. They're always like, well, they wasted it on that stupid challenge. You're like, yeah, the guy upstairs is definitely getting fired. I'll give you a good example. Detroit, U.S. Bank Stadium, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Rhett Ellison yeah. scores on a jet sweep or whatever yeah. at yep, the goal yep, line. Yep, yep. Scored too fast. Should have let the clock go all the way down. That should have been the last play of the game. That's so tough Instead, to do, though, because you're like, hey, don't score. How do you tell a player? But hey. No, no, it's not don't score. It's that they didn't. They called timeout too fast. They didn't let the play clock yeah, go down yeah, enough. Yeah. Because all they would have needed to do is let it go down a few more seconds, call the timeout, There's and then run time. that play. Yeah. Yep, and then Matt Prater can't I kick it from kick. 75 yards. God, that guy's That's the most impressive kick I've ever seen in person. It's like 60 yards. i got to be honest, though. I was on the number one kick, 63-yarders uh, from David Akers oh, in wow. Green Bay. I was I was on the field. And I'm, I'm, this is the funniest story because I don't realize this is like a – game record huge deal 63 i put my hand down in the logo and i don't even realize where we are in the field like i'm just so like all right well we're gonna kick this and go in at halftime next thing i know it bounces off the upright goes in he like falls over starts crying i'm like what just happened is he okay did he get hurt the guy's like dude he just kicked the 63 yarder i was like oh that's great let's go in the locker room right i mean they're kickers congratulations congrats dude we we were talking about this before you came on of carly lloyd trying i'm so glad you brought that up well what do you think of that i think it's terrible i don't think and listen i'm not a feminist I'm, I'm i don't care if they're women in the league i don't think people have thought this through okay i get it you're a great kicker you're a great soccer player but at the end of the day if that kick gets blocked i'm sorry somebody's going to come looking for you but i mean doesn't blair, matter blair walsh is the same way though you but t- it just you're opening the door for something bad i mean a guy getting knocked out it's like okay well he decided to go do that a woman kicking and then you got to do the kickoff like well, she, would, she wouldn't necessarily have to do the kickoff. And how what, are you going to kick- have two kickers? How many kickoffs get returned anyway? Well, some punters do it in the league. Mitch so you got to hope that it. you're on a team with a punter that does it. Say she has to do it. And then all of a sudden she kicks it, the guy takes it at the one, and he's like, you know what, I'm feeling risky today. <laughs> he takes off, and there she is in the middle of the field. Like, you can't be like, well, run to the sideline. Because then mean, you only got 10 out there. See, I just don't see this any differently than a dude who signs up for it who couldn't tackle a real player you anyway. say that until she, she gets blocked and then everyone's like, no, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, it, it, there's, just, there's some places that, they, that women should just not go, and I think the NFL locker room is one of them. See, I think any kicker who's out there knows that if they get hit by a real player that they're hurt, yeah, that but that's going to happen. And, and that's what she would be signing up for. I mean, these women box. Like, I think if... You know, she's already playing a sport that has violence and injuries already. So whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, we're talking soccer. I'm not soccer, comparing right? soccer to football. <laughs> okay. I'm saying you're only talking about a rare instance. No, of it's not rare though. Getting run over. That's the problem. Is these kickers? They're not very accurate anymore. So they're they're not making them, and they are getting blocked, and they are taking them from the one yard line. So I'm just saying that if this does happen, hey, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be cool. It'd be fun to say, hey, she kicked the field goal. Great. But if she doesn't kick it and it gets blocked, and all of a sudden someone's like, hey, let's go blindside the kicker. Then it's not so fun anymore, and everyone's like, hey, you know what? That was a bad idea. We had a really bad idea. Yeah, I think that there would be probably some concern about 
getting the blindsided or whatever. But I don't even know how often you see that anymore, where kickers are getting Does, hurt, has, kickers are getting blindsided. I mean, it's it's almost like we we would be avoiding something and taking a job away from someone who could do it no, for a, a potentially rare instance. You forget though; they, those guys get hurt. They just you don't hear about it. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. kickers have gotten hurt. They got knocked out. That are like, hey, you can't say anything because you're the only kicker. So you gotta <laughs> do it, okay? Like, there's nobody else here that can do this. They do get hurt. I promise. I'm just saying. I think that this is a dangerous and slippery slope. You okay. Yeah. I, think, I don't have to. I, nobody. Yeah. I think we see it a little bit differently, which um, is great. Just because of how uh, she took how, five how, steps too. Well, no, there she is took that. Five. But now she, what she wants to do, which is I think is a good idea, is take the, take the entire year yeah. to try and work it out. And I think if she could do it, she could do it. I look at kickers around the league. I mean, you're talking about Matt Bryant being 44 years oh, old and signing. He couldn't take a hit either. You could take a hit better than she could. I guarantee you that that guy would probably deliver more of a hit than you think. Those old guys are so frisky. I mean, I played with Phil Dawson. Yeah, I played with Phil Dawson in his, like, last year. And I remember Phil was like, I'm just waiting for someone to come hit me because I'm going to lay him out. I was like, but nobody wanted to because it was Phil. I mean, it's Phil Dawson, a legend in the league. You can't be the guy that goes and takes him. No, you can't. There's rules. So you already have kickers who aren't being taken out. That's different those guys are 23 years in this league they were in this league like four cbas ago (laughs) they were signing the cba in the 70s we're good well i think it'll be very interesting to follow and see if that that actually happens uh because do you think now here's my question they said two teams and they said buffalo was one of them Mm -hmm. do you think the other team was the vikings uh i think it should have been based on their kicking (laughs) situation and history right i mean so you can kick come on in let's go let's do this if you think about where the vikings are at with their history of kickers they should be looking all at everywhere. all corners of the world everywhere at, at anyone who could possibly kick and with the guy Corey Vedvik he wasn't even a good kicker in college and he's still here competing with no. Dan Bailey I mean so, it's insane. They sh- I'm surprised they didn't do the Chicago bring in 12 guys and the, <laughs> yes they should have the, the local dudes like it. the local guys who used to play soccer <laughs> yeah I mean uh, I, I think it, it is interesting because the state of kicking is so bad terrible. in the NFL terrible and the expectation too. remember like back in the day if if you hit 75%, it was like, oh, you're a great kicker. Incredible. Now you got to hit 90%. And if there's somebody who can do it, then you have to make the phone call at least to right. see where she's at and if she's interested. And I think the NFL would probably like it from from the, the PR lead, standpoint, from the yeah. perspective if she was able to do it. They're so. going to love it. They're, they're going to think they're going to gain so many more fans. But at the end of the day, you have to think, she took five steps. And can you do it when everyone's coming at you? I yeah. mean, it's so yeah, easy yeah. to do. It's like, hey. Just go run out there. I'm going to throw you a pass. You catch it. That's easy to right. do. Now, let me yeah. tell you, two guys over there are coming screaming this way looking for you. Right. That's not so fun. If she works for a year, maybe there's a chance she can because she maybe. just has the pure leg strength. But so. then she said she wanted to do the Olympics in 2020, though. Yeah. That so would be what hard. Are, I'm confused how she's going to do all. You know what? She's got a lot of time. She's going to be okay. She does. Uh, let's take a break. And I want to talk with you. The Vikings are playing the Bills, technically speaking, tonight. <laughs> sort of. sort <laughs> they, of. they definitely have the jerseys that belong to those teams. That's fair. Uh, those players um, that actually are on the Bills and Vikings will not be playing. But I, I want to talk to you about these two fan bases because they're interesting. Yeah. And I grew up in Buffalo, and now I cover the Vikings. Ooh. And I wonder which franchise you think has more torture in their history, the Minnesota Vikings or the Buffalo Bills. Let's talk about that. Matthew Collar former Viking Alex Boone on the show for two hours today. we got Hot Routes, and you're excited about Hot Routes. This it. is going to be your first try. I love uh, it. So we will do that at 3 o'clock. We're at the Minnesota State Fair. We'll be right back here on Purple Daily.
Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Soft, you're going to eat a fried stick of butter or no? It's Score North, live from the Minnesota State Fair. All right, we are back here at Purple Daily. Matthew Collar and uh, former NFL player Alex Boone. And uh, I was impressed just before we came back on that you got a reference to (laughs) Mark Twain. You're never going to get me. Well, do they say that in San Francisco all the time about how it's the coldest, what is it, the coldest? The coldest, the coldest summer day I had was a summer's night in San Francisco. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was us the other day. It yeah. was like here was San Francisco. That's it's where true, I, though. That's it's very had, true. Uh, that saying my, is so true. Yeah, that's where I had my honeymoon. And oh, uh, we went, yeah, it's, it's a great city. And Beautiful. we went to a Giants game, but we made sure we bought a giant blanket. Yes. Because once the sun went down, it was absolutely freezing, freezing in San Francisco. Freezing. I remember that uh, last preseason game against the Chargers every year was so cold. <laughs> so cold. And always windy. Yeah. Um, the games that used to go on at Candlestick Park. Oh like, Did you play there? I or did. Was, yeah, I actually man. have seats from Candlestick because really? when they blew it up, they gave two seats to every player. So I have the original seat. I don't even have this from Candlestick. I have the ones that were from before Candlestick, and they saved in Candlestick. Oh, and I have awesome. them mounted in my basement. It's like the greatest. I mean, those times, because you. I remember going to that stadium, and half the time you were just going to watch a fight. Because like, we'd always <laughs> play the Raiders. I felt like we played the Raiders oh, sure. a lot there. And so that game, the refs would, like, call the game. They'd be like, okay, hold on, guys. We need to do a TV timeout. There's a big fight in the stands. And it was just <laughs> epic to watch. So uh, fun. Is that is that the coolest piece of memorabilia that you have? Are you, are you a collector? You know, I got a lot of jerseys from a lot of guys around the league that I always respected. Like, you know, the seats, um, some other stuff, gloves. Some of, you know, some of the guys give you some things, and you're like, hey, man, don't ever show anybody. Like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going to break, we teased that we were going to talk about these two fan bases, and it's one of the only interesting things aside from kickers in tonight's game. It's true. It's just that these franchises have both lost four Super Bowls, yep. and they have gone through a lot of tragic missed kicks. Uh, if only Carly Lloyd had been there in 1991 for the Buffalo Bills. My first sports memory, Scott Norwood going wide right, and I was five or six. Had to be devastating. Yeah, it was. It was. like the, Everyone in the house was crying yep. after it happened because the Bills had been around for so long, and at that time they'd never gone to a Super Bowl and never been really anywhere close, and then they're right there. And the mistake they made, game management mistake, was not getting closer. Like, they decided to run the ball a couple times to just get in field goal position and kick from 47. That's a tough kick. It's a tough kick. That's a tough kick to put on somebody. It's especially a tough kick in 91. Yeah. Like, 47 now, you better make it. But in 91, off grass, not easy. Um, But Scott Norwood missed that one. Here we have Gary Anderson, have Blair Walsh. So tell me who you think has the more tortured fan base, the Buffalo Bills or Minnesota Vikings? For sure, it's got to be the Bills. I mean, I, you think losing four in a row, that was that had to be the most – I couldn't imagine playing on those teams and, and just being like, God, next I, year. The last one, if I remember correctly, they were leading at halftime, 
And so you thought they're going to get Dallas this, is this it. time. They're going to get, and then it just went to hell. Yeah. Everything fell apart in the second half. And not only that, though, but then after that, just the drought for so many years yep. of not. I mean, you go from four Super Bowls to nothing for what twenty some years. I mean, that is almost incredible yep. to think about. And, and in, but in between, they had the Music City Miracle. So Doug Flutie. Gets yeah. them to the playoffs. They decide to play Rob Johnson instead. Frank Wycheck throws the ball backwards, and Kevin Dyson. Yeah, Wycheck. What a name. Yeah, right. And and so they have not only you have the drought that you're talking about, yep. the four Super Bowls, and then nothing before that except for O.J. Simpson, which. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And then in between is this magical story of Doug Flutie, but then him getting benched essentially by the owner and them losing on a miracle play. That was, I mean, I was just watching a documentary on that play. Uh, Jeff Fisher was talking about it, and they were, they were, and I mean, you think you lose the game on a kickoff that they throw all the way across the field. Like, just the, that's got to be so tough. Do you know between that play and right now, there's only been one other time where that's worked? Like I believe it. Throwing the ball backwards and, and I all feel the like laterals? I've seen it. Uh, it was New Orleans and Jacksonville. And it was early 2000s. What happened was New Orleans brought it all the way back, and, and they won. And all they, or, or not they won, they scored on one of those plays where they threw it all over the place. And all they needed to do was win that game to get in the playoffs. And the extra point was missed when it was a short extra John point. Carney. John Carney. John missed it. Carney. So they, so they missed name. the playoffs. They ended up going on to lose the game. And they missed the playoffs because he missed the extra point after wow. all that. And oh, was my the only two God. Times How happened. could he do that's, that? That's right. That's the only time it's happened. Only time. So I, I agree with you that it is the Bills that are more tortured because the Vikings have been, over the last 20 years, consistently good at right. different times. They've had Randy Moss. They've had Adrian Peterson. Mega star players where the Bills don't even have any stars no. over that 20 years. And the quarterback who got them into the playoffs – was Tyrod Taylor, crazy. Who, who isn't even a starter anymore. That's crazy to think, too. Right? Uh, I can't believe they made it into the playoffs. Like I remember when they made it, and I was like, Tyrod Taylor's really the quarterback of this team, and they're going the distance. And that was that was a good football team. They complemented each other well. Special teams played well. Defense played well. Offense played okay. And they still got nine wins. And they still got nine <laughs> I mean, you got to think, you get nine wins, you're going in. And like you said, it... When you think of like all the bad years here, it's like oh, seven and nine, eight and eight. You're like, man, it should have been better. But them, it's like three and thirteen, two and fourteen. You're like, man, what went wrong? So tell me which you think is worse, though, is being constantly teased as a oh, fan base like tough. the Vikings do. I mean, 2015, even they are blazing hot at the end of that season, and they're going to beat Seattle. All you need is a chip shot field goal, and you look at the opponents coming up. And as hot as the Vikings were, as well as Bridgewater is playing, maybe you've got a chance to run through and, and make a Super Bowl. 98, you could have been in a Super Bowl. And even 2017, yeah. you're going to Philadelphia to play their backup quarterback. Like those. Different scenario, though. Those are so crushing, though, yeah. compared to. Well, we went six and ten and missed the playoffs again. Shrugs. Is it though? I feel like they both suck, and I wouldn't want. Well, they to be, do. That's I the mean, point of the conversation. I know, but that's like you're like, <laughs> which one's worse? I don't know. In both scenarios, you don't win anything, so they both suck. But at the end of the day, I guess you're right. I would hate to go all the way, like see a team just succeed all all season, then they get in the playoffs and they shoot themselves in the foot. That's always the toughest, especially when you're on the team playing in there. I remember when we played in like 2011. We played the Giants, and they were nine and seven. They made the playoffs. They made the wild card. And everybody was like, oh, you don't have to worry about them. They're not going to do anything. And they ended up beating us. And it was, we were like 3-13, and 13, and I couldn't believe it. And it was one of those heartbreaking, like, no way this just happened. We muffed a punt. It was raining in San Francisco, <laughs> candlestick. I don't want to talk about it. but And they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But 
You're right, man. When you go all the way and you're like, man, just don't look ahead. Don't look ahead. We got this game in the bag. Don't look ahead. And then all of a sudden, somebody looks ahead and you lose. You're like, this is just the worst. Well, and this this happened to you to get right to the yeah. very edge of winning a Super Bowl and not coming away with it. That sucked the worst. Yeah, that, four yards that, short. So that's my point. Is that yeah, that you're could, right. That could but then here's the double edged be sword. Because when you're going out week twelve and you're like, we're playing for nothing because mathematically there's no chance we're going to make it to the playoffs. You're like, man. We're just going to go out here and have a lot of fun. You've got to go out and do something. That's right. That's when the old line are like, hey, listen, we're playing for blood now, boys. We're going to right. make this real interesting. You're trying to convince the coaches to put you tackle eligible. You yeah. Know, it's kind of more. me a touchdown. It's true, though, because they open the playbook up. They're like, hey, we got nothing to lose. Let's yeah. just open it up reverses. The Lions them. had their kicker throw a touchdown last oh, year. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I think it's harder to have your team get so close and yeah. then fall apart. The fact that the Bills have had it happen four times with the Super Bowls and then had the drought too yeah. probably gives them an edge here. But what happened in 2017 with the Vikings, when we get to Philadelphia, the game starts and the Vikings get the ball and score immediately. Right. And right there you're thinking, well, this could be real. They, they, could win. Good. they could win the Super Bowl right here. And then to see the reaction of the Vikings fans who came there and then on Twitter and everything else after it went completely sideways and they lose 38-7 to was such soul-crushing devastation. I think... Uh, you probably years and years of six and ten or five and eleven just sort of get numb to it and maybe yeah. frustrated and shrug your shoulders like Twins fans for a long time. And then if you're ever good, you're like, oh wow, look at us, we're actually good. Right. But it's almost like if you were making a dating analogy, it would be like the Vikings are the one who dates someone for like four years, and then you get to the altar and she says, nah, sorry, bud. <laughs> and then and then she you know she runs off with your neighbor or something, right? Like that's. That's the Vikings. See, the uh, the Bills are on Tinder swiping, and they can't Literally. get anyone to, you know, right? They so can't get anyone to like them maybe, at all. So then I guess it depends but you on. Know what? They do it to themselves, and I, and I can't stand these owners because they sit back and they're like, I don't know why people don't want to come to my city. Well, dude, have you seen your stadium? Look at the Vikings stadium. I mean, I remember when I was getting ready to sign here, they were like, look at this stadium. I was like, sold. <laughs> looks, like a, looks like a ship, too, a Viking ship. I'm in. No question. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I mean, you have an incredible fan experience the whole time. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the, the fans that are getting kind of hosed are definitely in Baltimore or in Buffalo, but they have embraced it. And the Bills Mafia, and they, I mean, to watch those guys on Barstool is hilarious. And uh, yeah, I remember we pulled up. I've seen it in person. Yes, yes, we'd pull up to the games, and we'd see them going through tables, and you'd be like, dude, I could just go out there right now for like five <laughs> minutes. Nobody would know. Uh, the the passion of the fans to continue to show up through all those years. I mean, if yeah. you're talking about a team like Washington where you see if they're 7-9, and nine, no one's showing up no. for the last couple of games or whatever, whereas in Buffalo, it's Sold out. incredible passion. And, I mean, you could make a joke about there being nothing else to do there. There isn't. Uh, and there, I could confirm that. But... <laughs> At the same time, at the same time, it, it was interesting even to do. I did the Bills post game show for a few years. Okay, and the amount of people who would get their hopes up still for every one of these seasons, and they would just go nine and seven or seven and nine, yeah. or whatever. And uh, then any taste of victory that they got, it was sort of fascinating to see how excited and energetic the city would get. And I feel like we're that way a little bit with the Twins, but we look at the Vikings much different where way you different. hold a high, high standard for this franchise because of how many times through the years they've been great. But can I just say something? 
thing, and I'm going to be honest, and people aren't going to like this, but I don't really care. At the end of the day, you haven't really had enough trophies here to hold people to that kind of excellence. You know what I'm saying? It's not the Patriots where it's like, you know what, every other year they're going to win it. But if they don't win it that every other year, then people are like, hey, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like sometimes people, they throw a lot at the team, and they're like, if they don't do this, they suck. And then all the team's like, well, okay. And they just kind of start throwing things out there instead of actually watching the game and saying, hey, listen, these guys are doing good. They're just a couple pieces away. And I think that there's a lot of teams in the league that are like that. Do you think that the attitude of the way that the standard is set from the fan base impacts people inside the building? Because um, even I'll use the kicking situation here Uh where I think if you're a winning team and you're very confident that you're going back to the playoffs and you're very confident that your job security as a head coach in a front office is fine, you're saying, why don't we just stick with the kicker who's one of the all-time greats? And if we have to address this later, we will. Um, But... In, he has a few bad practices, and you panic, and you go trade a fifth-round pick for a kicker. It looks like we're really feeling the pressure here, yeah. something like that. And I I think that this team over the few years, John D. Filippo hiring is probably one of these, even signing Kirk Cousins, you could yep. look at it this way, has felt uh, an urgency yeah. from that starts out with the fan base and then sort of penetrates inside the building, and I think they've made some mistakes because of it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, Rick's been here for, what, 10, 11 years, and Zim's been here for about five. At the end of the day, owners turn around and go, where are we producing? Yeah. What are we doing? What have we won? Are we, are we getting closer every year? Are we building? Now, I think that they're definitely building. I think Rick's been on a very long leash, and it's starting to get a little bit shorter, especially now, like you said, the Vedvik trade. That was a very uh, just sporadic. Let me give you a fifth rounder for your kicker. What? Three right? weeks into camp? Fifth, what fifth are round. you doing? I mean, I mean, I could find somebody on the street better than that. Come on. But I, I think you're right. I think the pressure starts to feel. And they start to look around and they go, hey, listen, what if we don't do it this year? We're definitely not going to be back next year. we got to really push and hammer home everything. And we got to make it look good. And I think that this might be a little bit of a panic situation, but we'll see. I'm not so sure that it's um, the best way to look at it if you're the ownership as, well, if we make the playoffs this year, you stay, and if we don't, you're out. But I, but I tend to think that that's how they're looking at it yeah. because after like 2017, everything went right for this team. They had all 11 starters in week one on defense start in the playoffs, which how often does that ever happen? Right. And Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and right. there's a bunch of different things that kind of go their way. The schedule played really well for them at the end of the year where they've got Cincinnati and Chicago and just sort of blow through them. So it's, it's a little bit of an aberration. It's not that they weren't really good. It's right. just going 13-3 and three without a star quarterback is hard to do. So then when you grade everything based on your aberration season, that to me is when you can make some mistakes. Right. I, I mean, I agree. I think that the one thing that you know teams start doing is they say, hey, listen, we only have these guys for a certain amount of time, right? Like, Ev's getting older. Linval's getting older. Yeah. These guys are getting older every single day, and we we can't be wasting years trying to put the perfect team together. We need to do it now. And I think you see a lot of teams like that, that they're under the pressure right now. I mean, Bill O'Brien right now, I feel like, in Houston's under pressure. Uh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Listen, at the end of the day, we've paid a lot of people a lot of money. And if we can't get to the playoffs or at least push to be in the Super Bowl, people got to go. I'll tell you where they made a sort of uh, underrated or low-key, as the kids say today. Is that, <laughs> is that a kid thing, Manny? Uh, you're My, young. Well, I'm older than you, though. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Uh, but I think I'm older than both of you. Uh, you are, yeah. but you're online a lot. I think yeah. a, I don't know if you low key is a uh, adult thing that you could say. Or you I think that's five years ago. It, oh, okay. uh, I guess I'm way off. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll go with just underappreciated okay. mistake that they made last year, feeling the pressure. Was Mike Zimmer revealed that he went to Kirk Cousins and said, 
buddy, you got to stop turning the ball over because everyone's job is on your shoulders. And to me, that's a big mistake because if you tell Kirk Cousins to do something, he'll do it. Yeah. He's not one of those quarterbacks who will be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to run this team, okay? Uh, but Cousins is a guy who's a, a follower of what his coaches ask him to do. That's why his coaches usually love him. But if you tell him you have to stop making risky throws, even though he didn't have a high interception he's rate. He's not going to do them at all. He's not going to do them at all. And yeah. the stats back that up of, right. like, the your friends at PFF keep this for, like, how closely um, guys will throw into different windows and right, things like right, that. Right, right, right. And Cousins was one of the fewest in the league, but started the season with a good number. So, like, the first five weeks, he's got a good number of high-danger like, high type of throws, which right. you need to make in the NFL, and then it goes all the way down. Because probably he had it in his head. Well, I'm not supposed Coach to turn the ball over. Coach told me not over. to, right? right. Yeah, I, We're I, supposed to win with defense. I mean, I played with a, a quarterback like that, Alex Smith, and, and you could see it a lot of times. You know, that deep throw would be open, and, and you'd be watching the film. You'd be like, why isn't he throwing it? And there was just something about him. He was hesitant to throw that ball, whether it was risky of interception. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you this. As an offensive lineman, if you're going to risk it all the time, I am totally okay with that. If you're going to be the guy that's like, hey, I'm going to push this ball downfield. I remember I played with Carson Palmer. And oh, he, he was, loved letting it loose. He was like, hey, guys, uh, here we go. We're going to do 62 go-go. Everybody ready? Like, every brother play was 62 go-go, which is just two go routes. And he would, he loved pushing the ball downfield. But he would throw an interception. And he'd be like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. But it didn't matter because the other plays, he was making plays. So you can make mistakes as long as you're going to do it making plays. I mean, it doesn't really – it doesn't affect the team as much. Like, if you're going to continuously throw the ball downfield and get big chunk plays, but every once in a while you throw an interception, dude, it's football. It's like a punt. We get it. It happens. I don't want it to happen. You don't want it to happen, but we all make mistakes. And now so. you can challenge for an interference. Right. Oh, my God. I can't stand this rule. It's incredible. But I agree with you. I think that when you tell a quarterback, especially someone that sits in his own head, hey, listen, don't do this because it could potentially lead to something bad. They, and they sit there and they relish in it. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I can't do this because coach said not to. And now I want to, but I don't want to. And it's, it's too much for him. It was kind of amazing that Case Keenum kept getting shredded by Zimmer in the media about I couldn't stand risky. that. I couldn't stand I thought Casey was great here, and I thought Shermer was great too, and I'm not sure why they let Casey go because I think that Casey in this offense was so perfect. I mean, this offense is built around getting the ball to the playmakers as soon as possible. Let them make the plays, and that's what Casey's great at. And I don't know why, whatever it was about Kirk Cousins, that everybody was so excited, but Casey Keenan was so great for this team. What really worked for him was that he ignored Zimmer when he said right. that. He continued I mean, to just throw it up to Thielen and Diggs, yeah. and they would come down with it. Yeah, and Shermer was great for him because, I mean, mm -hmm. those two were like the counterbalance to each other Shermer and, and Casey Keenum and and you're right he was just kind of like okay you don't want me to do that you want me to do that Pat got it <laughs> like, Pat, this is how we win games right I throw the ball downfield okay we're good that's certainly one of the what-ifs that I wonder about because Shermer takes the job in New York which is kind of the worst job for him but he yes. goes and takes it and then Filippo comes in because he his team beat the Vikings when they should have just given the job to Kevin Stefanski. Yes. Again, the panicked Here type of move. Panic because you, right, exactly. Uh, if Stefanski had been the offensive coordinator, I think it could have continued to work with Keenum. But if they had gone to Filippo and he wanted to run the Philadelphia offense, I think one of the big issues was a lot of the stuff from Philadelphia, you were talking about, having great tackles and having yeah. a great center and great offensive line. And when Riley Reef got left out on an island against Khalil Mack for a bunch of plays in Chicago, it's like, it's rough. I mean, that, that's just, that's just bad coordinating yeah. right there. And he was trying to do a lot of things that the great Philly line did that the Vikings simply couldn't do. And I think Keenum would not have done well. Now, of course, 
what's the worst he could have done? Eight, seven, and one. Yeah. But, but, but you know, I, I uh, think you would have done better than people think you would have. I think that you know the one thing about Philly is that they are big on the play action, and a lot of that comes from their run game, and that's really what they wanted to do. But I think that De Filippo got into these games. You know, I, I remember the Patriots game so vividly. I felt like he kind of got into a pissing match with Josh McDaniels. Like, okay, who can do it better, me or you? And at the end of the day, you're never gonna outthrow Tom Brady. You are yeah. never going to outthrow Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. You're never going to do it. So don't play into their game where you're going to go, hey, you know what? We're going to go touchdown for touchdown. No. Hey, we're going to milk the clock. We're going to run the ball. You guys can't stop the run as we keep going. I mean, I remember that every other run play was like five yards. And then all of a sudden, in the second half, it just was non-existent. I believe Delvin ran nine for 75 It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, that's how you beat those teams. You don't want to go to the air with them. That's what they want you to do. Oh, you want to go throw for throw? Okay, here's where our defensive specialist head coach, who's been doing this for 50 years, comes into play <laughs> and says, here's how we stop them. We stop feeling. And they did, yeah. And that's and how the story goes. I, I, I want to talk to you about this a little more with Thielen and Diggs because it's been on my mind as uh, we watch competitions play out with the wide receivers, and I think the hope was that someone would emerge as a number three yeah. or that Irv Smith would be amazing and step right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen that from Irv Smith. Still early. And I definitely haven't seen that from the other receivers. So let's talk about... Thielen and Diggs this year. And then we've got hot routes coming up at 3. I know you're excited for that. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back. Matthew Collar, former Viking Alex Boone here at the fair on Purple Day. It's Score North from the Minnesota State Fair. All right, it is Score North download time. It's 244. It's Manny Hill out here at the great Minnesota get-together. we got Purple Daily going on right now. We've got another hour of uh, Matthew Collar and Alex Boone right up here at the Score North porch. So uh, stop on by if you happen to be listening to us. If you're at the fair and you're listening to us, stop on by. Say hi. Alex Boone is uh, sitting here and chilling until 4 o'clock. We got Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up at 4 all the way up until 6. So we'll be live and local here at Score North at the fair up until 6 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. Uh, If you're wondering where we're at, uh, we are located uh, off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand, just adjacent to Sweet Martha's Cookies. So uh, if you're looking for uh, cookies, you can find those cookies and stop by the Scorner of the Booth and say hi to us as well. That is your Scorner Download. Now back to uh, Purple Daily. Now, I thought, Alex, you were trying to eat eat well these days. I am. Eat healthy. I told my family I'd bring home a box of cookies, and I see them over there. Uh, it's a bucket. A bucket, a bucket, a box, it's the same and, thing. And you know what? They don't cheap out on you. Like, it's an overflowing <laughs> bucket it. of cookies. I won't so, eat any of them, I yeah, promise. You're right over there. Um, so before we went to break, we were getting into a little bit of the offense and, and so forth, and you mentioned what you liked about Case Keenum in part was that he would just let Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs make plays. Right. And one of the games where they most clearly got out-schemed was by the Patriots, who just double-teamed Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on every third down and six plus, and were able to mostly take those two out of the game. I mean, how is that not going to happen again? Because Chad Beebe is okay, I guess, I think. And Irv Smith, uh, to me, hasn't shown enough where I could say, oh, watch out for this guy. Well, we'll see how it goes, but... Uh, in preseason, in tr- training camp practices, I can't say for sure that this guy is going to be a huge weapon. Cook is going to have a lot to do with this out of the backfield, but you're going to have third and six. You're going to have third and seven. And if opposing teams can still double both of these guys, what's the answer? Kyle Rudolph. There's your answer. 
It's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a Witten thing down in Dallas. It's gonna be a hey, listen, we're gonna cover everybody on the outside. So Jason, you're gonna need to get these first downs on third and five in the red zone. That's where you need to really show up. I mean, everyone's really bashing Jason about coming back, and I'm not sure why, because he's still one of these perennial guys that can get ten yards, and he jokes about how slow he is himself and how he's been slow his whole career but he's like listen i've done this my whole career guys i'm good and he will be fine but i think this is the year for kyle to show up and i think it's still early to make an assessment on earth just because you know you're going through camp you're throwing a whole new playbook and i can attest to how hard that is when you're looking at it from college to pros and now all of a sudden it's become a job and you have Kyle Rudolph in the room with you, and there's a lot of people looking at you like, hey, listen, you're going to be a big answer to this offense. That's a lot of pressure for a rookie. And then you go out there and you say, hey, listen, by the way, you got to block some of these guys on these run plays and on power. you got to go to the will. And you know, their head's probably spinning. So I don't like to make decisions on some guys like that because that's a lot thrown at them. I think uh, what I'm getting at is just that rookie tight ends have so much going yeah, on. they do. That if you expect rookie tight ends to come in and be a game changer on your offense – that you're probably going to be disappointed most of the time. Yeah. And with Irv, he could be a very good player at some point in his career, but if you drafted him with only the reason that you needed an extra weapon this year, that might be a little faulty because of how much it usually takes in terms of time for tight ends to get uh, to where they're good. And that's why right. that's why Witten or Rudolph, these are old guys, but they've been doing it a long they're time. They're still good and because gotta, it's so complicated of a position. Right. And they're not going to be like, hey, Irv, go take that special route that Kyle always used to run. Now it's your route. Like, those are still Kyle's routes. Like, he's still yeah. going to get his catches. He's still going to get his plays. So at the end of the day, you're spreading the ball out to a lot of people. And not only that, but then you got to get the ball to Dalvin Cook, too. So <laughs> the ball can only go to so many people. I, I think last year that was one of their biggest mistakes is not throwing to Kyle Rudolph enough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that when you can get eight yards or seven yards, That's huge. then just take seven or eight yards anytime you can get it. Can't go broke taking a profit. Old coach used to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he used to love checkdowns, and I hated them, but he was so right. And, you know, I think a lot of times these quarterbacks, they want the big plays. You know, hey, I can get the big play. And The one thing about Thielen that I don't think people understand, because, you know, there's some guys that used to ask me, like, what's so good about him? He makes the difficult catches look routine, and he makes it look so mm-hmm. easy. And the way he tracks the ball in the air and his hands and his eye coordination are incredible. So for him, you know, you need a guy like that, and then you get Diggs out there who's super competitive, mm-hmm. quick speed. And then, you know, you're, the defense is so flustered with that that all of a sudden there's Kyle in the middle of the field. Take that. Take that seven, eight yards. Let him make a play. Let him go hit somebody and have some fun. I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest things is that everyone always wants these big chunk plays. And we got we to gotta go down the field and we got to cross the 50. We're going to throw this big chunk play. That's how Bruce Arians used to like to do it. As soon as you cross that 50, here comes the chunk play. But take what you can get. What uh, did you like about playing with Thielen Diggs? Because uh, I've been lucky enough to cover their full emergence. I mean, when I got here, Diggs was just coming off a decent rookie season, and Thielen yeah. was, a, as far as I knew, when I got here, a special teams guy. Mankato like, State, yeah, who's finest. This, who's this punt gunner that now has 60 catches yeah. uh, and is beating people down the sidelines for touchdowns? And uh, it, was a, it was amazing to watch in 2016 when those two guys emerged as stars in the league. Yeah, I think the one thing I loved about him, and I respect about him was that they were so competitive and that they never took plays off you know i played in systems that were with guys and receivers that were kind of like hey do i have to do anything on this no <laughs> okay well i'm not going to do anything then and you'd be like so you're not going to contribute anything to this team other than your own catches that is selfish but those two guys 
run plays, they're in blocking. You know, yeah. when they're not they getting the ball, well, yeah. they're running around trying to help. And that's the one thing that as a player you can respect about other players is they know they're not getting the ball. They know they have nothing to do with the play, but they're gonna somehow they're gonna put their head in the, into somebody and go hundred miles an hour. You can respect that. What I've been amazed by is in training camp, Stefan Diggs competes as hard as he does in Every games, day. and that concerns you a little because it's like, don't get hurt, sir, because yeah. that would be problematic for this team. But he abuses Xavier Rhodes out there, and Rhodes is very talented. And it's not just now when I think Rhodes is beat up; it's been in the past too. Oh, he's yeah. been great. He just smokes him on a daily basis. You're like, how does this guy do? it and his route running his competitiveness all those things and then he and Thielen are both top 10 contested catch rate where they go up and get it and so that's where I think even though they both had great seasons fantasy wise statistics wise in terms of the yards per catch they were down I think they were throwing a lot of short passes to Thielen Diggs last year when you're gonna have to find ways to get those guys going down the field no I agree and then that's a big reason where Delvin's gonna come up you need to influence those safeties you can't have guys playing too high the whole day because that's just going to ruin your chunk plays. You need to get the strong safety in the box. The only way to do that is to get Delvin loose. You mm-hmm. start cutting him loose, the defense goes, okay, now we got to put another guy in the box because our defensive front cannot hold up. And if you can do that, you are going to – it's going to be a, a phenomenal season because I think Delvin's primed right now to go. I think Thielen and Diggs on the outside, you got your two tight ends. If your quarterback can get over this hump, it's going to be fun. With uh, Thielen and Diggs, what do you know that I wouldn't know about them as people? I mean, you know, I mean, they're pretty open. They're they're hilarious guys. They're very competitive. They like to have a good time, but they love to work, and I respected that about them. And like you said, every day they were one speed. There was never a day that was like, was that Diggs jogging? Is that (laughs) Thielen jogging? Like, those words never came out of your mouth. It was always like, I remember going back to the huddle when I was playing with them, and I'd be like, hey, I really appreciate that block you guys had. It really, you know, and not that we really had many good run plays, but the ones we did, they would show up, and you <laughs> yeah. would see them, like, working really hard, and they'd be excited, or they'd be like, dude, I got to crack that guy. They like to hit people, too, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about a receiver because most receivers are going to be like, nah, I don't want to put my nose in that business. My sense for them is that they genuinely love being around each other, yeah. too. That sometimes you see guys who, when cameras are on, microphones are on them, they're like, oh, I'm everybody's buddy, and then they're not really. Right. Or when they're at the podium, they're, I'm, I'm a big leader guy, and you're they're like, not. are you? Yeah. Are you really? Because uh, usually they don't have to say that. Um, but those two, uh, they seem like they set the tone in the locker. Yeah, especially Thielen. He always, like, you looked at him, and he was always a positive person. And I think positive people are natural leaders because they're always up, and they're never down. And when you see them, you're like, man, that guy's always up. Mm-hmm. I love looking at him. He's smiling. He's telling jokes. He's having fun. And that's what Thielen was for that team. And I think that he's very underrated on this team. Yeah. Um, Even from a leadership standpoint, because obviously everyone looks at you and they go, oh, your quarterback's your franchise, he's your leader. Yeah, I think yeah. Thielen's more of a leader than Kirk Cousins is. That's where I wonder about that, when it's not your quarterback who is time. your best leader. Does that happen a lot? All the time. Yeah, I mean, we, I've played on teams that, I mean, there are a lot of guys that are leaders. I mean, you, I've played on teams that had a lot of older guys, so it was like one guy had to step up and like kind of lead the group. Mm-hmm. And then I've been on teams with a lot of young guys where it was kind of like a lot of people had to step up and say stuff. But, you know, it's not always the quarterback. When Kaepernick was young, it wasn't him. When Alex Smith was old, it wasn't necessarily him either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, the question is, who's the guy that's going to take the beating in the meeting room? You know, and, and 
for me, I always felt like that I would take the beating a lot of times because I was the undrafted guy, so the coaches would just cut into me. And so guys were always like, man, I appreciate you taking that for me. I'd be like, yeah, no problem. I mean, they were going to give it to me anyways. Might as well just sugarcoat <laughs> it a little bit. Who cares? Yeah, I, 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 it's always a tough thing as a reporter trying to figure out that dynamic exactly because sometimes how they want it to look in the locker room when reporters are there, it's not right. like you don't notice. Right. And how and they know when we're at practice and, they, and things like that. And you feel the vibe. You get yeah. the vibe from guys. Like yeah. when they're around certain people, if they're like not, if a guy's naturally really bubbly and then he gets around the leader and he's real quiet, that's probably not your leader. Yeah. Like, you know, like a leader is somebody that lets you be who you are and they accept you for that. And they're like, hey, listen, he's part of our group no matter what happens. And mm-hmm. that's, that's some of the best leaders I've seen are guys that were like, no, nah, man, be you. Go ahead, do you. And, you know, you don't bother me and I'm, I got your back. I, I like that. Hmm. Let's take a break. Okay. Very exciting hot routes coming up next. Dude, Great questions that I think you are jacked up to talk I'm about. I'm always jacked up, and, though. And uh, Judd Zolgad gets jealous and angry if we don't include him, so he's going to come here as well. Does he have do to? Yeah. Does he, he have does. to? Well, do you want a moody Zolgad? I don't, you don't know yet. You'll find out. You do not want to mess with that, you Alex. Trust no, me. I'm going to get him some cookies. Uh, so, yeah, go get some cookies. We'll do hot routes when we come back. Go around the league, and I've got some different angles on some news stories that are going on in the NFL right now. We'll return on Purple Daily here on Score North. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 